States 2016. That means it's time for the 2015 Awesome Awards! Yay! Yay! Yay, Kevin! Yay! Yes! <laughs> this is the triumphant return again. Again. Again of the Awesome Cast. Welcome back again to the Awesome Cast. We're really back again for reals. We believe it this time because we believe. We don't stop believing. Right. I infected you with that. <laughs> you did. I infected you. Before we started recording. Yeah. The years are the year is new. The memes are old. Who can <laughs> And sadly, David Bowie is gone. Oh. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Just getting not depressed about that. <laughs> We're, we're never not going to be depressed about... I mean, let's... No, let, 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 let's... Yeah, losing it. David Bowie was like losing Jim Henson. Like, the world is just a little bit less bright because of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, everyone, go home and watch Labyrinth and try not to cry. You will fail. It's true. This is just like during Christmas when I was listening to John Denver and the Muppets. And it's John Denver and Ralph doing one of the Christmas carols. And I remember my mom, and I just... Mm. It was... But, man, that's a good album. John Denver was awesome. I'm not a, usually a big country guy, but John Denver was the man. Just, just throwing that out there, so you know. Fair enough. But hey, folks, we're the Awesome Cast, your podcast for everything awesome. Are you a gamer, a geek, or a... Pop culture nerd? Well then, Loot Crate is a thing you could buy, but I don't recommend it. <laughs> why are you doing a promo? Why are we pushing Loot Crate? That, that, this is a anti-promo. Thank well, you very much. Why are we doing an anti-promo? Because I don't like Loot Crate. What is Loot Crate? Oh. I don't even know. I, like, I legitimately don't know what Loot Crate okay, is. What Loot Crate is, is you give them money every month, and they mail you a box of random nerd, nerd crap. And mm. people pay money for this. Yes. Because they get random exclusive nerd crap. Okay. Like, they do every month is based off a of theme. Now, chances are you're probably going to get either a t-shirt, a Funko Horrific Pop, because Funko Pops are horrific. Yeah. And some random odds and ends. And people like getting... It's... Supposed to be a surprise? I don't know. I like, if I'm going to buy nerd stuff, I want the nerd stuff that I want to buy. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I, I want to know what nerd stuff I'm getting. I'm not even one of those guys who usually will buy the random grab bag just to see what I get. I, I want to buy what I want. And so, for me, Loot Crate is like a bad thing. My fiance, she likes doing it sometimes. But out of the four or five that she's bought, I think she's, she's only really liked like one or two of them. Hmm. And, you know, and so it's, I mean, sometimes there's things like, 
she's a really big Back to the Future fan, and so except for that one time where it was Back to the Future Day, and you could actually find stuff from Back to the Future, normally you don't get stuff like yeah. that. So that was kind of cool to get something from that yeah. that she enjoyed. But I know for like the space thing, she ended up getting really disappointed because it was mostly Halo. I would be really disappointed myself. I... And she was hoping for more like, there's supposed to be like a Galaxy Quest thing, but it was like a patch. Uh, and she was hoping mm-hmm. for something a little more substantial than just the logo as a patch. And admittedly, I am a little biased because some of the podcasts I listen to have been using Loot Crate as their commercial and they're constantly going, are you a geek, a gamer, a geek, a pop, a pop culture nerd? Then you should like this. You should like everything that we send you. We send you awesome stuff all the time. You want awesome stuff, right? And I'm like, ah, but but I don't know if I want your stuff. And I'm I'm a geek, therefore I'm picky. Like I don't like every single thing that nerd and nerd you have gonna exist. Discerning taste. Yeah, yeah. I've I've heard rumblings associated with loot crate and it, like and not good for anime fans. Well. That's actually, oh man, this is off topic. I should never have done this, but too bad. We're, we're stuck in it and we're going to continue on. Yeah. Sorry, uh, everyone. <laughs> Daryl, so actually today, so that dates to when we recorded this podcast. Um, apparently, AWO got a thing saying, one asking if they want to uh, use Loot Crate as an advertiser. And Daryl goes, okay, sure, why should I do that when you... Uh, um, Released only, you released only one ever, quote, anime-themed loot crate that was separate from all the other loot crates. And you never include anime stuff in the loot crate. They never had a response. And until later on, but I think he found out eventually that it's just not requested. Hmm. Whenever they put a call out for what are the kinds of things that people want, it doesn't even break like the top ten list. So, this proves the people who get loot crate are horrible people. No, it that, no, no. no, it doesn't. It's just uh, not anime fans. Yeah. But, it proves and, that they're fans of Western media. And someone asked, well, well you know, well, yeah. Um, why don't you do this anyways? And he goes, look, I'm the one who wrote an article all about how anime should be included with all the other geek stuff, but it never is. But, on the awesome cast, we do. Anime is is just as important, if not more important, than most of the other medias that we consume. Unless it's Final Fantasy XIV, which is pretty much anime. Yeah, it's pretty much anime. It's it's pretty much anime, especially when you listen to the Japanese voice cast. Then it's really, you get really anime. Okay, this this would be, remind me on a different podcast. Fantasy Star 2 Online, or Fantasy Star Online 2 anime complaint list, but not today. Another day. (laughs) <laughs> that is another day, because that's another podcast, because we're mostly covering stuff that happened last year, yes. not this year. Yes. So, yes, we are the Awesome Cast, the podcast for everything awesome, that we think we're, and that's awesome, because we have discerning tastes. And obviously, so do you, because you're listening to us, and you're still listening to us. So, congratulations, that's... Clap, Kevin. Clap. Clap. That's right. That's right. You clap. You clap. Clap too, Bruce. That's right. That's right. Jingle his little bell. Or his collar. There you go. That. Now you know how Bruce is clapping. (laughs) He is a cute dog, folks. Yes. So where can you find us? Online. Awesomeguest.com. We got an RSS feed. Please tell folks about it. Um, 
State of the Awesome cast in 2016. It's going to be better than 2015. We hope. We plan. We promise. We pray. I <laughs> promise. We are going to do better. Unless we don't. Well, 2014, we did really, really, really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We had like a 95% like we got everything up when we were supposed to. There was only like one week or two that we goofed. I think we can do that again. Yeah, maybe. Real life sometimes interferes, but... It's true, but a lot of it was... I mean, a lot of this was procrastination on our part. Well, it was, (laughs) and also, you know, Anna also said she had... Totally throw me under the bus. And, and the fact is that Anna had a really rough school semester last year. And that really, really screwed things up. And But we figured out, you know, better ways to manage time. Figuring this stuff out. Getting it to her in advance. More so than we ha- I have been in the past. Like, we're going to do better. And I've also debated other possibilities of changing up the podcast a little bit, maybe. I'm still... I'm still thinking about it, you know, and something that we'll need to talk about. And I also kind of want to pull our five listeners, you know, and see what <laughs> they think. Like, do we want, you know, constantly Doug has been, crap, I'm Basil. <laughs> <laughs> and you just now realize to do the introductions. Folks, you know we're, we are. We're ringing in 2016 with after quality. All, after all of these promises of we're going to be better, we're going to be so much better, you're just now remembering to do the introduction. That's right. Okay. I'm Basil. I'm Kevin. And I'm Douglas. That's right. That's us. Man. Man, you Anna suck. just edit all this out. Do you this want to just start over? Terrible. You can't edit all of it out. <laughs> no, I feel that people people deserve this. Well, no, they don't. Des- they don't deserve this. <laughs> they don't deserve this at all. But this is the podcast you so need, Basil, not the you podcast you deserve. Fans? I think they might enjoy this. Okay, fair enough. We're the podcast you need, not the podcast you deserve. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Oh. What were we talking about again? We just did our introductions. In introductions. Right. In theory, we have a subject. In theory, we do have a subject. Oh, yeah. Why aren't we a Final Fantasy fourteen podcast? That's yet? what we were talking about yesterday. And I paused and went, well, mostly because Kevin doesn't play fourteen nearly as much as we do. Like, I'm playing it right now. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm waiting to go fishing. <laughs> Alright, fishing's acceptable. Because fishing is the true end game. <laughs> no, fashion is the true end game. No, no, fashion is what you do right. Like, I've even given up fashion. I'm just like, this is my fishing gear. It looks how it looks. I'm, I'm an awesome fisher. Uh, I get fairly lucky in finding dungeon drops that are clothes I like. But, um. <laughs> but. Yeah, and I was and I was thinking like, well, I mean, maybe we could sort of spin the, you know, the Final Fantasy fourteen minute into its own thing, or maybe we should possibly spin the moments of awesome into its own thing, and or maybe we should you know ex, you know expand the awesome cast into like an awesome network and have multiple podcasts, and maybe I'm getting way too big for my britches, yeah. and maybe we should just focus on the podcast we have and just make that good before I even think about doing crazy things. Like, splitting it up, and I don't know. We'll figure it out. 
probably nothing will change, and that's fine. <laughs> but we might do other things besides that. We've been debating, and a lot of it's me debating, on can we set up a stream system to actually do some game streaming, mostly 14. But, you know, the state of the podcast is strong, hopefully. Probably. We'll see. Nah, nah. But the Republicans will be on after us to take apart our podcast and share their own views. All right, Republicans. All right. I feel it's it's pretty strange that the dog is sitting there making like a loud panting sound. <laughs> Bruce, are you a Republican? Have you been hiding it all these years? Or maybe they just stress him out that much. That's why he's panting. <laughs> yes. I don't know. So yeah, this is the 2015 Awesome Awards, where we talk about the things we liked from last year. But, before that, as it's a new podcast, therefore it's time for a fresh iteration of your Dragon Quest Minute! Because there was a live stream just the other night for the 30th anniversary of Dragon Quest, where they announced a Universal Theme Attractions. With pictures of Yuji Horii's trip to Universal Studios. <laughs> like, they just showed a couple of photos he took while he was there. And then they were like, we'll do some attractions or something. I think. I don't know. I don't speak Japanese. Learn Japanese already, God! <laughs> they also announced this really weird card battle arcade game called Dragon Quest Monster Spinner. And there's some concerts. And they're doing a live show of some sort. And they're going to, for the 30th anniversary, release Dragon Quest Heroes 2. And they showed the logo for Dragon Quest Eleven, And that was it. Well, but because we'd actually want to hear about that, that's all they showed. <laughs> more importantly, y'all Dragon Quest Eleven is happening! Yay! Because last time we recorded, they hadn't announced it yet. And Doug joked... We only do we only do episodes when they announce new Dragon Quest things. Yeah. And I'm like, no, we do more episodes than that. So far, <laughs> the next day they announced Dragon Quest Eleven. Yeah, <laughs> I'm right, and it looks awesome. I don't care. I'm right. I'm the one who is correct. I don't care. Dragon Quest Eleven looks awesome. It's on PS4 and 3DS, and they're being stupid and crazy. And doing two entirely different engines for the same game. <laughs> Where on the PS4, it's going to be like based off Unreal Tech. And it looks freaking redonkulous. And then the 3DS one is also redonkulous because the top screen is in 3D. Like Dragon Quest 9 and 8. And the bottom screen when you start it is totally 16-bit Super Nintendo Dragon Quest graphics. And you can flip them whenever you wish. Oh. It is crazy and silly, and I can't wait to play it. Did we talk about how they announced Dragon Quest Seven and Eight in the U.S. coming out, or was that no, or was that was that the big announcement? I don't remember. I don't remember. But we're getting Dragon Quest Seven and Eight. Hooray! Like, in the U.S. and that's great. It's awesome. Yay! No, I think that's what it is. I think last time that tells you how long ago we, we recorded. Blah. Where they announced Dragon Quest Eleven, but then they announced the release of Dragon Quest Seven Eight in the United States this year, 2016. But we're now talking about 2015 
So that was your Dragon Quest Minute. So I guess now that we've taken our nice 16 minute or so preamble, we'll take a short break and we're going to talk about 2015. All the stuff we liked. This is the Awesome Cast. One soul's cry, a passion welling and 15 Awesome Awards. Things that we liked a lot in 2015. We're going to break it up in a couple different sections. We'll talk about movies and TV shows, video games, and end up with anime and manga. So, movies. There are some movies. There might have been movies. There are some pretty good movies. Allegedly. I, I, I think I want to start talking about the, probably the craziest movie. But that was an amazing movie. That's Jupiter Ascending. Okay. <laughs> was that this year? Yes, yes it was. Oh. That was. Yep. That was like January. The critics hated it. The audience were lukewarm on it. <laughs> we kind of liked it. <laughs> I really liked it, but but you have to be you had to be able to accept it for what it was. A nineteen seventy science fiction shoujo manga. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like, it it lost me early in the beginning of the movie when I just started shouting at it, that's not how genetics works. That's <laughs> not how genetics works. That's not how genetics works. No. So, so after that point, once I reconciled... <laughs> Let me get that out of your system. <laughs> once that was out of my system, I just enjoyed the ride at that point. And it was like a fun little roller coaster you know it was it oh, was yeah. good you got a lot no 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 good's not the right word it was fun it was fun it was fun i think it was extremely fun i think it was visually marvelous <laughs> like and... this is the the visuals in this movie were the visuals that george lucas wanted in the prequels yes the my only comp- if I had a real complaint about the film is that, honestly, a few points of the film would probably be better served with a Queen soundtrack, a la Flash Gordon. <laughs> uh, I loved the chemistry between the main two characters. What were the, their act? Uh, Channing Tatum and uh, Mia Kunis. Yes. Or Mila, or, yeah, family guy girl. Um. <laughs> yes, I loved their chemistry. I loved... How Channing Tatum constantly had this confused look on his face whenever she made advances towards him, and you felt like that was like like that was like actual acting. That it wasn't just like Channing Tatum didn't know what to do. It was more like no, the character doesn't know what to do. It was great. <laughs> but yeah, it's this this girl who turns out that she's the most awesomest, greatest person to inherit the universe. And other people do not want her to inherit, inherit the universe. And Channing Tatum is um, 
a befeathered dog shown be shonen dude who <laughs> is there to protect her. <laughs> he didn't get the feathers until later. That was that was the, you just spoiled the movie, Basil. <laughs> I <laughs> and I don't for once I don't think it matters. <laughs> you just spoiled the movie. I don't think it matters. Oh. This movie is so the movie is filled with so many stirring visuals and emotions and feelings. Some idiot can probably call them feels, but they're they're, they're feelings. <laughs> and you know, and, and uh, also uh, Eddie Redmayne does a pretty good job of acting like a man who looks young but is inside like thousands of years old. <laughs> and moving on to awesome spectacles. Furious Seven <laughs> was a movie I did not see, which is a which is a damn shame. The Fast and the Furious series, I would joke sometimes. It's what if the Avengers had cars and Van Diesel was Captain America, but an actual like a Captain America for today's America, <laughs> and. It's great. Yeah, I feel it is a better Avengers than the Avengers we got this year. Uh, I don't know. I liked Age of Ultron. <laughs> and I'm telling you, Furious Seven's a better Age of Ultron. I, I, I feel like I should refute you, but I have not seen Furious Seven. So <laughs> no, no, you haven't. So ha, I win. Well, can we talk about? The more important movie that came out later that you're you vaguely alluded to already. Mm. Mad Max Fury Road. No. The Avengers. Yeah. Okay. Kirk yeah. Cameron Saving Christmas. The <laughs> Avengers is well drawn. It was a great Iron Man movie. <laughs> well, we're not likely to get another just Iron Man movie. No, so... no, we're not going to get another just Iron Man movie. I, I'm pretty sure he's making the transition into villain. We're we're gonna have to. Well, at least uh, we're yeah, maybe. I, I imagine he's going to swing back in time for the next Avengers movie, at least by <laughs> part two. Um, I don't know. It was also a pretty good James Spader movie. Yep. Which one was James Spader? Ultron. Ultron. Oh, you're right. Oh, And he finally got to have a role in a movie where he's completely naked throughout the entire film. Just like he's always wanted. Yeah. But no, you know, I love love James Spader's Ultron. Like, I think that really makes the movie. And also, uh, that and Tony Stark going increasingly more mad scientist throughout the film. Yeah, I my favorite moment in that film that I that still stands with me is that moment when when Tony Stark is talking to Science Hulk. <laughs> Bruce yes. Banner. <laughs> Bruce Banner. And, and and you know, they sit there and they go, "Okay, so our plan to do good went terribly awry." And and that was bad, but we got every, we've gotten everything under control. And then Tony Stark looks at Bruce Banner and he goes, But dude, we're mad scientists. 
and, and Bruce Banner goes, oh my, oh yeah, you're right, okay, let's do the thing again. <laughs> let's do the exact same thing that got us into trouble in the first place, and hope it comes out differently. <laughs> it's only kind of dumb luck that it does. <laughs> but I just love that moment. That's pretty good. That and when the Vision's checking out Thor's cape and it's like, I want a cape, and has, then he has a cape. Yep. yep. Vision was pretty cool. Yep. Uh, I don't know. I'm looking forward to everyone nearly coming back for Captain America. I really want to see that, yeah. that movie again on uh, with, the, with the outtakes. Not, not outtakes, with the director's cut. Because there was clearly so much Thor missing. Yeah, which I don't think, which I don't think made it to the, even to the Blu-ray or not all of it. There was a few alternate cuts of that scene, but it it still looks like there was stuff we never got to see. Oh, that's disappointing because it it felt like it was missing it. But yeah, we were missing basically a whole other 30 minutes that was mostly Thor stuff. Apparently just cutting roof floor. Like, well, this movie's already really long. I'm really glad. That the next Avengers movie is a two-parter. And is Civil War two-parter or is that a one No, it's a single, but it's basically Avengers 2.5 is from what it looks like for all intents and purposes. As these giganto Marvel movies really need more time to breathe. Yeah. yeah. They really need more time to breathe. I think that was the biggest problem. Even though the Avengers 2 is so jam-packed of stuff, it still needed time to breathe. What had time to breathe... Was Mad Max Fury Road, <laughs> which I honestly only got to see just shortly before the end of the year on video. I'm sorry I missed it in the theaters after having seen it on video. That movie is really good. It probably should be my favorite movie this of last year, although it's not. But I'm willing to accept that it should be. It is a directorial tour de force. All the scenes look awesome and amazing. It never stops being frantic. It, the storyline is that great, awesome, red line Pacific Rim. It's not telling you everything, but you can infer all that you need. And you pick up a little more when you watch it again. <laughs> right. And it's, ah. And they're right. Furiosa really does steal the show. And I don't mind, honestly. Well, neither does Mad Max. Yeah. Like, and when he is important, he is there and he does his stuff. And it it really works for a Mad Max movie. Because Mad Max just really wants to be left alone to do his own thing. But he can't help but being a hero, because that's who he is. And the movie captures that perfectly. It's... It's really good. I like Tom Hardy as Max. Uh, you know, yes. He, he was good. He was, he's, I'm about 50-50 on him in his movie roles prior to that, but um, I liked him in Mad Max. <laughs> I, am, I am so glad he is Max now. I am so, so glad he is Max now. And not Mel Gibson. <laughs> this is, I, I kind of wish they would go back and remake the older Mad Maxes. They could use all the other footage, just insert <laughs> Tom Hardy in as Max digitally. That That'd be fine. Be weird. It would be really weird. The original Mad Max is a really weird movie. 
Yeah, the original Mad Max. It's it's really its road warrior. Is what you start thinking of as Mad Max. And the original Mad Max is an entirely different film. And man, watching Ro- Road Warrior after watching Fury Road, I didn't realize just how much inspiration Fury Road takes from Road Warrior. Like, in a lot of ways, I think Fury Road might be the movie he wanted to make when he made yeah. Road Warrior. There's a lot of similarities. And of course, you then realize that almost everything post-apocalyptic you'd ever see in your life took inspiration from Road Warrior. Yeah. Up to and including Fist of the North Star. Um, but, yeah, George Miller, he knows, he knows himself some post-apocalyptic real good. And talking animals. Yeah. Well, you know, Babe, too, and Happy Feet. Right. Because he is a virtuoso of directing. It's Um, true. (laughs) Much like the man who is re-resurrecting all our classic sci-fi hits, J.J. Abrams. Oh, J.J. Abrams. I kind of love him. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, didn't care. I've got serious, serious mixed feelings about that second Star Trek movie. Well, but, your feelings about a Star Trek movie work aside, his TV work is amazing. Which we'll get to. Okay. We'll okay. get to. But we're still on movies, which means Star Wars, The Force Awakens. Yeah, that was oh. pretty excellent. If, before I watched this movie, if you told me that a Star Wars movie was going to be my favorite movie in 2015, I would have laughed at you. Man, I did not realize that after the prequels, I became such a jaded, uncaring Star Wars fan. Yeah. But man, I was. You, you felt kind of burned on that. Yeah. Like, I didn't even realize how burnt I felt. Yeah. Oh, I'll admit, I, I went in. I went into Force Awakens like tensed for, tensed for it to be a bad movie. Yeah, I wanting was, it to be a good movie, but I, wanting I, to be ready if it was bad. I was sitting down in my theater seat, uh, pretty much convinced that I was going to, I was in store for several hours of unentertainment. That I was going to be bored, but I was there humoring you guys, and I was wonderfully wrong. Yeah. Like, it was so... It was great. Um, I've I've made... We haven't really had a chance to talk about Force Awakens on the podcast before, mm-hmm. but it's something I've said to Basil, and Basil has said, oh, that's what everybody's saying on the internet. Uh, but, so this may be echoing something that has already been said, but I think it needs to be said again. It felt to me like they took, like whoever was in charge, like, I don't know if it was a writer, I don't know if it was J.J. Abrams himself, or a producer, but somebody went back and just looked at A New Hope and broke it down into its skeletal structure so that it hit all the same high notes, it had a lot of the same good pacing, but then they built up a new thing from that skeleton. You know? Like, so, that's why we have the the dual protagonists. That's why we have... Oh, yeah, like about, yeah, it was almost to a day, I think, a week later, I went to see it with my mom, and mm-hmm. now I knew I liked it. Yeah. And I think I enjoyed it a lot more on that second viewing, because I was, I was relaxed about it. I knew I was going to like it, and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is awesome. I, I really want to see it again. <laughs> but, yeah, I, well, I think what they did was they realized that after the prequels and everything else has come, we needed a new status quo. Yeah. We needed a new groundwork to build off of. 
And I so I think that the whole channeling a new hope was intentional and also correct. But uh, it seems as though whether or not you liked this movie depended on where you felt on, on, on how you feel about that. Like you feel like right. you're just ripping off the first movie, A New Hope, or do you feel that it's it's a reinterpretation? It's building on. It's its own unique creature based on the skeletal structure of yeah. A New Hope, and I'm so on board. Yeah, I'm, I'm on uh, yeah, board with my, it too. My only things, even my only quibbles, are things that are most likely going to be answered in the sequels. <laughs> uh, my older sister uh, is not that much of a nerd. She's not that much into like pop culture stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's more like an academic type nerd. Mm-hmm. But she. She approached me over the holidays and was like, oh my gosh, have you seen Star Wars? And we actually had something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> because she was so excited for the Lady Jedi. Like, because well, while I know that's been something that has happened in the books, the books weren't yeah. something she really ever followed, so it was so great for her to see yeah. a Lady Jedi. Uh, it was fun to go see with my mom, because she's she's been a Star Wars fan since the original. She mm-hmm. was pregnant with me while she was watching <laughs> the original Star Wars, so it was like... Yeah, it's a it's a it's a thing. It's, it was a mom and son thing. It was fun. <laughs> but in the end, I'm a Star Wars fan now again, yeah, again. And I I didn't realize I wasn't a Star Wars fan when I walked in, but I'm definitely a Star Wars fan when I left. I thought Poe was awesome. I liked Finn. I, I liked Ray. I love BB-8. <laughs> oh yeah, like. I'm not sure still how I feel about how the fact that Anna likes BB-8 as much as I do. BB-8 was going to be my favorite character. Now I have to share that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I've had to come to terms with that. Like, normally, this is, this is my character, this is my character, and, I, and I'm like, all right. But now I'm like, no, we have the same character. This is, well, all right, I, well, I'm getting married to her. I'm, I'm sharing everything with her, so I guess... A favorite you know, character. A lot of the favorite characters should be allowed. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. Favorite character, menage a trois, if you will. You know, I, I was joking around like, because growing up, one of my mom's friends, her nickname for me was B3PO. Because I'm Basil Third, And I think nowadays, like, I told her, like, yeah, I wouldn't be okay, you know, maybe when you know, we eventually, you know, have a kid, maybe a son, and we have a Basil Four, maybe I'll go, maybe I'll use a, I'll use a nerd, a no nerdy nickname, and people can call me BB3, I don't know. And, and she found that really adorable, so... <laughs> we'll see that's that that's way in the future way in the future. the future um but a tv show speaking jj abrams in the past but it was a tv show i got introduced this year which was bad robots production of person of interest yep which yeah bad robot is jj abrams joint yep. and that's a really fun show i thought it was just gonna be a standard action thing of the week and as time has gone on, it's getting more and more science fiction-y. And it's really neat. It's kind of... I didn't think it was going to hit all my the buttons I got when I started getting to watch Fringe. Yeah, I miss watching Fringe. But as time goes on, person of interest starts hitting those buttons. Yeah, it does. And so that was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. So yes, what TV shows would we like? Uh, well, I like Ant-Man. We skipped Ant-Man. Oh, right. Other people I like movies too. Okay, sure. Ant-Man. What about Ant-Man? I liked it. 
It's pretty fun. Yeah. No, no, I liked Ant-Man a lot. Um, uh, it's still, even though Edgar Wright didn't really direct it, it still kind of has a lot of his fingerprints on it. But um, mostly, I really thought Paul Rudd, through, through force of personality, made the film very good. Mm-hmm. And I really liked the sense of scale with the enlarging and shrinking of Ant-Man. I thought all of those scenes were done incredibly well. Marvel needs different... For Marvel, as a cinematic universe to succeed and to continue to exist, it needs different kinds of movies. And Ant-Man was a really good heist film. Yeah. Kind of like how uh, Captain America Winter Soldier is secretly a taut political thriller. And Iron Man 3 is the greatest comedy Marvel's yet made. Yes, I don't care what anyone says. You are absolutely right. I I love Iron Man 3. I love Uh, Iron Man 3 too. Oh, I love um, the subversion that was in Iron Man 3. Yeah. (laughs) I also saw Jurassic World, but I don't particularly feel like gushing about that, except for the movie was completely unnecessary, but the ending was awesome. Uh, (laughs) Considering the guy who's directing Star Wars 9 is the guy who directed that, I'm glad he was able to nail, nail the ending. Yeah, let's hope. <laughs> that's important to know, especially now that I care about Star Wars again. Yeah, that's gonna be a weird thing because the, yeah, the episodes eight and nine are gonna be directed by not J.J. Abrams. Well, J.J. his job. I, I think this was what he should have done on Star Trek, and he is doing Star Wars. He goes in, he hits his J.J. Abrams reset button, he blows something up that everyone looks on, looks upon in awe. And goes, my work here is done. And then he lets somebody else work on it. So he does what Clamp should have always done? <laughs> yes. Excellent. Yes, that is what J.J. Abrams does. As far as... The problem with Star Trek was that he did a second movie. Mm. Like, if he had just hit his J.J. Hit his Abrams reset button, let Star Trek do its thing, and let somebody else do a movie, maybe Into Darkness would have been better. I don't know. But I'm, I'm glad J.J. Abrams is doing what he's doing. We'll just have to wait and see. Yep. But okay. Alright. TV shows. Any other movies that people we want to talk about? Inside yeah. Out. I've not seen I Inside Out. I not see that either. Uh, I really want to, but I haven't seen it yet. I finally saw it because I have a four-year-old niece. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's just what you gotta do. Um, but... I really, typically I don't like movies that have the premise of, you know, and this is the control station of the brain and you look out through the person's eyes. Mm -hmm. I don't don't like that gimmick. So I went into this movie thinking that I wasn't going to like this movie. I turned out to really like this movie. (laughs) I hear it's pretty Pixar-y back when Pixar was amazing. Yeah, it's it's pretty Pixar-y. Um, it's also, uh, it manages, it manages to have a lot of different levels to the story that's going on. It also manages to incorporate actual brain science into it a lot, which was, huh. which was something I was really not expecting considering how, um, considering how it, it initially presents itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I thought that was really interesting. <laughs> So not just Herman's head, the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a little bit more complex than that, and it it's pretty nice. Well, you know, that's actually what I wanted to hear. I might have to check that out. I I will have to check that out. Uh, 
Anna, remember this. We, we gotta watch this movie. Uh, let's see. Um, by the same token, uh, Minions movie was terrible. Okay, well, that's fine. <laughs> We've said it. But this is the awesome cast. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, yeah, this is our awesome awards, not our moments of fuck you. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Those will and, come. Now, normally I'd be like, all right, let it out, but we've got so much to cover in this yeah. podcast, and we're already 30 minutes into the Awesome Awards. We've got to keep going. So, so are there any other movies? I'm good. Uh, okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah. what do you present? Let's go. What? Let's go. Well, I present a person of interest. Uh, for, your, uh, for the Awesome Award for movies? No, for TV shows. Oh, you want to figure out an actual award for the best movie? Yeah. I say Star Wars. <laughs> I don't, yeah. <laughs> no, I have to go with Avengers. Okay. I really wow. I really dis I, I really disagree with that assessment. Yeah, I, I I know you do. And while I really, really like Star Wars, I still my heart is with a I, I accept that as a the science bros. I accept it as a valid viewpoint. I I I, I kind of I, part of me actually does want to agree with you and I'm wondering if it's just because Star Wars is fresher in my head, but well, I really like seeing new, shiny new Star Wars. <laughs> well, the thing is that for every awesome science bro moment, there was an awesome either Finn and BB-8 moment or an awesome Finn and Poe moment. There's some awesome yeah, there Finn. Were, there were a lot of awesome moments in Star Wars. Um, you know, I almost want to say that I kind of am going the way I'm going partially because Star Wars is so fresh in my head and you know I, it hasn't had the time to kind of mellow out that Avengers has but no I still have to go with I'm still going with Avengers Um, the other reason why I'm going with Avengers is I was scrolling through the list of movies that came out in 2015 trying to remind myself of everything and man there was a whole lo- there was a whole lot of Oh, I know you're telling. I know you've told me that we're not having moments of fuck you, but uh, Hollywood was really bipolar in what they giveth and what they taketh this year. Like there was, <laughs> while, for every age of, for every Age of Ultron, every Star Wars, there was like three or four movies that actually made me cringe just knowing that it was a movie that got made and people saw. Plus the incredible surge of the newest exploitation film genre, Christian exploitation. <laughs> like, uh, and so my point is, my, my point with that is that Age of Ultron came out kind of when there was a, a sea, kind of when there was a whole lot of either bad things for nerds or... No things or for nerds. Or nothing for nerds. And so... Oh, there's a lot of horrible movies. I kind of yeah. cling to Age of Ultron a little bit for that reason. So I, I really want to give it my awesome award simply for being awesome when I needed it to be awesome. That's fair. I, I guess for me, in the end, Age of Ultron was a little bit of a disappointment for me. Because mm-hmm. I didn't feel it was as good as the first one. Like I think the fir- I think as a movie, the first Avengers movie was a better movie. Yeah, it probably was, but, mm, but I don't know. That's. But then again, I, I also think, I think Age Ultron unfortunately had a lot of things, unfortunately going against it. You know, 
it was not the movie I, I think Joss Whedon really wanted to make. And I think it shows here and there. You know, especially with the whole, you know, losing out of 30 minutes worth of Thor. Yeah. That we should have gotten. And if you know that exists and you know what happens, the movie makes a lot more sense. Yes, yes it does. Um, whereas, for example, in Star Wars, you can watch the movie just by the movie and you can figure out everything you need to know. Yeah. Because the Star Wars movie also took the track of, we're going to give you everything, but yeah, you're going to have to infer some stuff too. Like, you've got to figure some of these things out. <sighs> okay, fine. I'll I'll concede to but, Star Wars. Well, no, it's totally cool to, to like, you know, you also like Science Bros way more than I do. I do. I love the Science Bros. Oh my God, it was so great to see them just sit there and go like, yeah, let's do it again. Like, oh, <laughs> I loved it. And, and so I, I feel that while... Even if Star Wars technically wins the Awesome Cast Award, the Avengers may win the Moment of Awesome okay, Award. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but TV shows. TV shows. I don't watch TV. That goddamn second season of BoJack Horseman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I do watch that TV show. God damn that show. Yeah, God that... bless that show. But damn that show. I, I typically right? love, just for comedy, BoJack Horseman losing shit tons of money for charity because Daniel Radcliffe pissed him off and he refuses to say his name. <laughs> that man. Which, and that's right before the show gets even way darker than the first season. Um, <laughs> but for me, you know, okay, I really like Daredevil and Jessica Jones. Mm -hmm. You know, I will say that Marvel really did well this year as far as t terms of TV shows. I think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been doing way better than it has any right to ever have been doing. Yeah, they have been hitting a good, well, at least in the, uh, before the, well, in 2015, before they hit their break, they were doing a really good, I think they really do a good job balancing kind of the super spy action along with actual superhero stuff. <laughs> um, I think The Flash and Arrow are doing a good job. We also now have Supergirl, and it's doing pretty well, especially yeah, now that it's starting to find its groove. And um, interesting stuff coming in the coming up with that too. But yeah, but like I love the DC live action TV shows. <laughs> I, I do have a favorite TV show. I, I think that was unique and new, really for me, especially this you know starting in 2015 that I've been watching. Um. And that's going deep with David Reese. Oh yes, which, yes. Like for me, that actually wins my. Even though I know it's still going on now, it still sort of wins my award for 2015. Like it sort of goes against the grain. I don't want to wait for a TV show to end the year and then talk about it for its award. But the way that David Reese sort of works. Yeah, I think I'm going to go ahead and throw down my my vote for the awesome award to go to that show. Now, what Going Deep with David Reese is... I have a different opinion, but let's explain what Going Deep with David Reese is. He finds David Reese is this comedian and artisanal pencil sharpener. Yes. You can, in fact, spend, give him money, and he will artisanally sharpen a pencil for you to mail it to you. 
Um, that's a honest to God thing he'll do. Even now, I believe. He will uh, teach you how to do things you probably actually already know how to do. And the first season was actually done on National Geographic, but the second season is uh, being produced by the Esquire Network. The first episode, How to Pet a Dog. And it's amazing. He goes through the evolution of dogs, why dogs are useful, and he eventually comes around to all these extra things, and he finds experts or really great comedians who are knowledgeable about these subjects and interviews this interviews them and he just creates this, this really adorably cute and yet somehow actually informative show. We were actually just before recording this, we were watching the episode on how to properly toast a piece of toast. Yeah. And he had the, he was doing an interview with this one guy who collects Toasters. Toasters. And, oh God, what was I saying? Okay, yeah, so this guy collects toasters. And the way that this man spoke about toasters, I understood him. Not, not, not in that, like, I really understood his passion for toasters, but I am sure that this is how I sound when I talk about teapots. Yes, it is. <laughs> like we're we're completely fanatic about something that seems just so mundane to everybody else, but it's really not. It's and that's kind of the heart of what this show is all yeah. about. Is is that like these things that you think are so mundane? There, there's actually so much going on to them, and they're so. Mm-hmm. I I think it might be the. Te- it's secretly the most ultimately nerdiest show you could have. I love it. I love it so much. It, it, it's pretty fun. It is. All right, Kevin. Uh, but at least for me, I, I don't think I want to go with Jessica Jones. That show's way too heavy for me, man. It, it is heavy. It, but it was something I was basically waiting for all year. And I was honestly pretty happy with it. I mean, the show is dark. Like, if you have... It has... All the trigger warnings. All the trigger warnings. And David Tennant is so not Doctor Who in this one. (laughs) So, okay. To clarify, Marvel had two shows on Netflix this year. Uh, Daredevil and Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones uh, is from a comic called Alias, but thanks to J.J. Abrams, they can't use the name Alias. As a TV show name. Originally you go with AKA Jessica Jones, and that kind of carried over to the episode titles, but they ended up just going with Jessica Jones. And she's a superhero that's given up superheroing, and it turns out she has the worst ex ever, because he has some form of weird, creepy mind control. Yeah, so, like, yeah, all the trigger warnings. It's heavy, it's creepy, and... Okay, like I say this with being a, you know, XY chromosome fully identifying as male man. It totally encapsulates the girl with the creepy ex that can't get rid of. It is the narrative from, like, their point of view. (laughs) It it really is. And it's... it's, It, It is very engrossing. It was the hardest show for me to watch this year, last year. Yeah, I will agree it's kind of a hard show to watch, but it's like, 
It's so weird, and it shouldn't be, to have on TV a show where you have two women talking to each other like human beings throughout the whole series. Like, all right, multiple women who are human beings who have conversations with each other. It shouldn't be that weird, but it is. <laughs> I'm actually a little bit bored with all the superhero shows. Heathen! I know, right? <laughs> like, I don't want to be bored with all the superhero shows, but, oh, between Green... Like, I really liked Green Arrow, and I really liked The Flash, but then they kept existing, and we started getting, like, Supergirl, and and... and and, and, and it feels like it feels like there's a lot of them right now. Yeah. Well, it, it doesn't help. Well, it doesn't hurt. Well, eh. I'm not sure which one to go with, but <laughs> the superhero shows are where CW is getting all the ratings from. Yeah, but like, so, so I'm I'm glad that those things are getting ratings. I'm glad that they're getting attention. Um, I'm glad that they're being made and made well. Um, but I'm a little oversaturated on them. Uh, again, I was just not very enthused with TV. In fact, I was almost willing to go, I didn't like any TV shows this year um, until you mentioned Going Deep. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, 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 I do love that show. That show's great. But, like, even Ghost Bros. Even <laughs> Ghost Bros, they lost one of the bros. Oh. I don't I don't know where he's gone, but he's not in any of the new episodes. I hope he's not a ghost. <laughs> He's not a ghost. Because I'll never find him. <laughs> what, what if he was a ghost the whole time? Oh my gosh, that would be so <laughs> freaky. <laughs> oh, well, and, you know, just one more, definitely a little bit of TV. I, I really like Trevor Noah Daily Show. Yeah, I do. I like I, too. I think, well, it might possibly just because I've got a Hulu Plus subscription now, but I have still watched more regularly Daily Show than I actually did with Jon Stewart. Oh, yeah, I like Colbert doing The Late <laughs> Show, too. He's the the more he the more he kind of goes back to being Colbert, the better it gets. Uh, I've already forgotten him. Oh, what? I, I it's it's on Hulu. Ah, like I said, I don't watch it. Like it's it's sad, but if you if I have to go out of my way to try and watch you, I you just don't. Yeah, I, just don't. I have to go a little bit out of my way to watch Supergirl, and I it's just I just. It helps I really like Supergirl, and I'm willing to go a little out of my way to watch it. Uh, although I thought the first episode was kind of rough, but they got a lot better. Well, the first episode was a pilot for yeah. Supergirl, and that, and then they actually say, ignore the pilot, because some of the characters, they changed how they the characters act, behave, behave mm-hmm. and think from the pilot to the rest of the show. Yeah. Um, although I will say, I really do like the Muppets. Um... Like it's... <laughs> you say the Muppets, but John Oliver ruined the Muppets TV show for me. Oh, really? I uh, see. That's another one I need to watch more of. I forget that John Oliver exists. John Oliver ruined the Muppet TV show for me. I can't. I can't watch it anymore. I can't take it. I. I, I don't want to say I can't take it seriously because it's it's a comedy. You're <laughs> yeah. not supposed to take it seriously, but I can't even take it on the. Level it's intended. Yeah, on the level that it's intended anymore, because cause he ruined it. How did he ruin it? He pointed out that it's like somebody watched The Office and said, 
you know what the Muppets needs? It needs to be more like this shit. Only with Kermit fucking more pigs. <laughs> I don't know. I think it makes the show. <laughs> like. I think you just took it wrong. <laughs> uh, but, but the pig fucking comment has colored my sense. But even Kermit says that in the very first episode. I know he does. I know that he recognizes that. But still. <laughs> but still. So. Did you know, and this is apropos of nothing, they now make toy uh, Minecraft stuff toys where you turn the animals into their respective meats. <laughs> I have seen some of those, yes. Where you take God. a pig... And there's this little string you cut out, and then you can fold it out and turn it into a pork chop. Nice! <laughs> it's... Honestly, I think the circle is complete now that we have Minecraft Lego. Yeah, yeah, it's complete. <laughs> like, the like... circle is complete now. <laughs> I love Minecraft so much. Alright. Well, that I have a feeling... Days. We're going to. I was going to say, let's get it all done in one. We're not, we're not going to get this one done, done, done. Have we ever got it done in one? No, no, no. Um, no we so haven't. let's take a break. We'll do video games, My and we'll God. save anime and manga for next episode. That'll be big, big, and full of Vikings. That's right. Previews, guys. Previews. We'll be right back, though. <laughs> this is the awesome cast. Thousand and fifteen Awesome Award video games winner Final Fantasy Heaven's Ward, but we just podcast about that. Yeah, no, I disagree. I disagree too. <laughs> Don't no no no. 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 It's too late. It's too no, late. You I agree. Disagree. You can't get. You can't. You can't use Vesperia now. No, no, I do. I use Vesperia. Tales of Vesperia won again. <laughs> It won again. How many years in a row now has it won the awesome award for best video game? When did it come out? <laughs> when do we start podcasting? <sighs> that video game isn't that good. Yes, it is. <laughs> that one character is a good character, but that's just that one character. They're all good characters. I was laying in bed last night thinking about uh, thinking about. <laughs> Tales of Vesperia, and I was too. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I'm sure. I you was were. remembering the strategies for the Jaeger fight. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, video games. There, there were some games this year. There, there was. And I'm sure. I'm honestly forgetting some because there was like a couple of really awesome ones near the end of the year. <laughs> well, that's true. Well, there were there were a few that like I know you like project. I like you, the project. Codename Steam. Yeah, I, I enjoyed Codename Steam. Boy, I, I could stand to... I didn't actually finish that, though. I could stand to finish it. It hit a lot of my buttons. 
did. Even, you know, I even grudgingly came to respect steampunk Abe Lincoln and his giant robot. The, man. You know, there is, there is one video game that I feel actually, due to the nature of its development, actually kind of does Vesperia as far as it being a relevant game every year. And that's Shovel Knight. <laughs> uh, go on. <laughs> well, the reason why is because they keep reintroducing major elements to that game. Over the, you know, they, it came out in 2014. It was awesome. I think it might, I think it was my favorite game of the year that wasn't 14. And this year they came out with the Plague of Shadows expansion where they pretty much redid the entire game all over again, where it's the same levels, but you actually play as Plague Knight, who's one of the previous bosses. Mm, interesting. And his play style is different. His abilities are different. He gets different upgrades. He gets upgrades differently. He has his own version of town. They actually redo the story such that he is the main character of the storyline now. <laughs> like, they they completely reinvent the game around Plague Knight. Where if you had told me this was just Plague Knight the video game, I would have believed you. <laughs> and it's was really good. And it almost could be its own game of the year contender by itself. And this year with the release of the Amiibo, Shovel Knight Amiibo, they've added in whole new new game plus style modes to the game and we're getting two more boss character versions of the game. So, yes, it could be a contender. It won for me in 14. It's a contender for 15. And probably will be a contender for 16. Says the man in the Shovel Knight shirt. Yes, says the man who's wearing a Shovel Knight t-shirt. Yes, but... I so, liked myself some Shovel Knight. You, yeah, you like Shovel Knight. Which is good. Which is good. It's fine. It's good to like Shovel Knight. Well, <laughs> by that logic, I could argue that Minecraft should win again. What new developments have you had in Minecraft this year? Oh, jeez. I'm trying to even think, like, where to begin. <laughs> There's so... I just don't okay. even... And this is pertaining to actual developments in the game code. Oh. Like, extra elements they've added to the game itself. Okay. Uh, actually, no, I gotta take it back. Uh... The last major, major, major development was uh, was probably back was probably back in near the end of 2014 when mm. they did a major patch. They put in new flat. They put in new flowers. They put in rabbits. They put in uh, a couple of new ways. They they put in ocean monuments. Uh, and the the best thing I can say right now is since. Since uh, is uh. Since Microsoft since Microsoft bought Minecraft, uh, they've put out the Microsoft Ten, mm -hmm. the Minecraft Ten, which is terrible. It's like the worst parts of, of the Pocket <laughs> Edition put with the worst parts of the PC Edition. Uh, it's awful. Uh, then there is a, uh, 
And then there's Minecraft Story Mode, which... Telltale Games. Yeah, it's a Telltale Games. Yay! You... It's a choose-your-own-adventure Minecraft game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there were, like, two others of those from Telltales and one not from Telltales that are all a lot better. But, <laughs> but it's still so good, like, to just, like, get in and explore and to create stuff. And, like, if you just want to go be endlessly creative in, like, a sandbox video game, like, that's what Minecraft is for. And it, it feels so good. But, of course... The best game of the year was Fantasy Star 4. No, it was Tales of Us. Because I played Fantasy Star 4 like I do every year, at least once. And it's still the best game. No, it's still Tales of Us. <laughs> See, Kevin, you had the perfect time, the perfect chance to segue from Minecraft Story Mode to Life is Strange. And you didn't take and it. And you didn't uh, take it. Because you so, ruined my, se- my other segue I was going to use. What was the other segue? It was going to be, but there was a game that made me question whether Fantasy Star 4 is the greatest game of all time. Was it Final, was it Final it was Fantasy 14? It was Life is Strange. Was it Tales of Vesperia? Life is Strange. Your your opinion is invalid. Was it <laughs> Dragon Quest Heroes, The World Trees Woe and the Blight Below? No, that because, was a charming game. Because <laughs> that does win best name for a video game of last year. But no, Life is Strange, tell us about it. I love Life is Strange. It was... It's a not Telltale Games choose-your-own-adventure game, uh, told episodically, uh, from Don't Nod, who I should hate because they're French. But uh, somehow I don't. Doesn't surprise me. <sighs> Are you still up on that thing? <laughs> but uh, it is the story of a uh, girl at an art, uh, art school who in for photography but uh one day she finds out she can rewind time after she sees someone get shot in the bathroom and that's just the start of that's just the start of things getting strange oh life is life is strange um honestly honestly just one of the best stories i think i had in a game this year and it's mostly a story driven game due to its nature um, although on the Telltale side, I also enjoyed their Borderlands game and their Game of Thrones game. Uh, but, uh, but you know what else was strange this year? Final Fantasy fifteen demo. <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, they released Final Fantasy Type-0. Like, which was a PSP game, but they released an HD version of it, which for... is its own weird, neat, but weirdness. Card games on Chocobos. And along with it, they released a demo for Final Fantasy XV. Which, okay. which, which is neat. Which they then later on took you know, feedback and then updated yeah. the demo. It's a demo that got an update. That's with weird. New content. It is weird. Like, it added content. Just one day, you got a... On my little PS4 screen, you've downloaded an update for Final Fantasy XV. What? <laughs> They've... Added a little side quest with my friends. That that's cute. They, Did they, is the game a secret release? Like it's actually already released. They're just not telling anyone. No, no, no. It's going to be an actual release. They, they claim want, it's they going need to money. be out this year eventually. Uh, well, we're going to get a release date for that in March. They announced a release date for the release date. Video games, y'all. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're not going to put it out the same time as Persona Five. 
because I think they're worried how many people would pick Persona 5 over them. That's probably true. <laughs> Saturn has a hexagon on its pole. Woohoo! Meanwhile, Metal Gear. Metal Gear. <laughs> um, I'd probably the best horse in a video game. Metal Gear. Best dog in a video game. Best dog in a video game, too. Suck on that, Witcher 3. Suck on that, Fallout 4. Yeah. But really, D-Dog. there's a hexagon on the pole of Saturn. We already talked about Minecraft. No, no, it's, this is real. Like. <laughs> that has nothing to do with video games. <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with video games. We <laughs> first said Saturn, and I thought, are we going back to the Sega system? No, we're talking the planet. The planet that is in our solar system, on its pole, there is a there is a constant storm that is, that goes much like the eye of Jupiter, only it's on the pole, and it's it's shaped like a hexagon. And you look at it, and you go, how, how could that be? But it is... Much like a Metal Gear game from Hideo Kojima. Is a hexagon of fun. Over Konami. And Konami doesn't understand fun. How can this be? Uh, Being said, um, there are pluses and minuses to Metal Gear. um, But... It has very addictive gameplay, and the, the, these larger areas to sneak about in were interesting, and offered some uh, definitely some new approaches to the game. Metal Gear is the best game that I've played last year that I still need to finish, but I don't know that I will. <laughs> and that's really weird, considering it's, that it, this is me talking about a Metal Gear game. Yeah, I think you need to finish it just so that. Someone could have finished it in our little group. Maybe I'll finish it one day. Uh, I've watched Barry play Fallout. I, I've tried for a little bit to play Fallout 4, and I instantly had the reaction I kind of knew I was going to have, which is, oh, I hate this, because it's a first... Well, it's a shooter. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it's first or third person. Yeah, I'm, it's a little... Fallout 4 is a little lighter on the RPG elements than Fallout 3 or New Vegas was, and it does rely more on twitch reflexes and actual aiming, mm-hmm. which is probably more what the kids want, but yeah, it, the hardcore RPG gamer in me rebels at that a little. Yeah. But I, I liked it, and I did get a little crazy remodeling some of the towns that will let me build things in their town. Um, but I, I have watched Barry play it, and uh, it seems it seems like a good Fallout game. It's fun. Many of the characters are quite interesting. You know, it's a lot of the Bethesda open world games. People I go about the their business, creator. and yeah, they get, yeah. And I like that. Honestly, you can fiddle around with two different characters, even though one becomes quickly pointless. But you can fiddle around. Yeah. I will say. I thought it interesting that Time Magazine more or less sort of went, you know, decided, however, that Fallout wasn't the best open world RPG to come out last year. That game is another game called Xenoblade Chronicles X. Take it away, Kevin. Um, the other strong, one of the other strong contenders for my favorite game of the year, because I've, I've literally been waiting for this game for about... What was about three years at that point? <laughs> Maybe. Um, it is an amazing 
world exploring game. Like, it's just a dramatically huge amount of land that the story takes place over. And the, just the narrative of the game encourages you to explore every last nook and cranny. And, you know, just to tell at the time you're thinking, man, walking is... I don't know how I'm going to get to some of these places walking. I, I don't know. And then they give you a giant robot. Which can turn into a, like a car or a tank. And also be a robot. And can hop around the landscape. And about the time I'm feeling the limits of hopping around the landscape, it's like, well... What if we made your giant robot fly? <laughs> and it's like, Nintendo, Monolith Soft, you've given me a wide open RPG world with a giant flying robot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they did that. Y you, do, do you guys like wiretapping my house? Because <laughs> this is the game I wanted for a long time. <laughs> um,. I could argue it has some weaknesses, but it's it the, it way makes up for some of those weaknesses by just the sheer scale of the game world. And that honestly is a pretty interesting story. There were some interesting edits to the American release that I mostly were followed by, but they still have the giant flying robots, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I don't care. <laughs> Speaking of waiting for, waiting for a game to come out, for years. <laughs> For years. Many years ago, my favorite game was this game called Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky. First chapter. Ends on a horrendous cliffhanger. Then we finally get the second chapter. And it was glorious. 95 hours in, I beat it, and it was great. I still recall that looking at Twitter and seeing Xseed posting a picture of flying pigs. With no explanation. <laughs> right, but shortly before they announced it was coming out. And I'm pretty positive that our, the last episode that we just posted as of recording this, this episode, yeah. I talked about Trails in the Sky. We rambled about it a little so bit. So I think I'm good with not talking about it now, but somebody, and not me actually, played oh, the yeah, sequel yeah. series, yeah. Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel. Yeah, I like that. Take it away, Kevin. Once again. Yeah, I like that about as much as Basil liked uh, Trails in the Sky, apparently. Um, it is for PlayStation 3 and Vita. It definitely had more of a 3D, uh, more recent kind of JRPG look than the kind of isometric, you know, like sprite look of uh, Trails in the Sky. But um, you kind of play, uh, you play a... A young student at a military school in a country that was kind of the looming big bad in some ways of the that seemed like they were sometimes anyways in the Trails in the Sky game is kind of on the opposite end of things, um, and you know it's except you're at a military school, it dips a little bit into the Persona style. Oh, you have a school life and you have friends to talk to at school, but also doesn't make you go through every single day of school that way. It kind of just <laughs> it kind of hits the highlights like. You'll have a day where you're getting some kind of lesson, which may or may not end in combat. There'll be a day where you're doing, like, a free day where you can, you know, your day off, where you can go around town and talk to people and usually get suckered into doing random quests for the student council because they have no one else to do stupid things for them. And uh, sometimes you'll find yourself off on field trips to distant parts of the land where you'll inevitably get in trouble with something you weren't supposed to get in trouble with. And, you know, but, uh... 
it's it's got a huge interesting cast of characters some of which are in your party a few wandering is randomly playable for short sections who aren't normally people you can choose from in your party um a little bit of shipping elements because you can become bffs with one of your classmates which may or may not have romantic undertones depending on how you want to interpret it <laughs> but uh and you know it actually has a moment where the cops stop and ask why are there four teenagers with swords and a shotgun running through a public park like seriously what are you kids doing here and that that was kind of that was kind of magical. And um, if you think Trails in the Sky is a horrendous, horrible cliffhanger, <laughs> I, I don't know for sure because I haven't gone that far yet. But this game might have it beat. <laughs> well, I'll let you know because that is on the list yeah. of 2015 games. I'm going to have to really dig into. Fortunately, we know Trails in the Sky or Trails of Cold Steel sequel is coming out in the U.S. Like that is on my list of. Games I bought in 2015 that I'll play in 2016, along with, like, Super Mario Maker. That game should be talked about, should be thought about. The concept is awesome. I hear that Nintendo nailed every single element of it pretty darn well. But I haven't played it yet. Yeah, you know, I even though I, I almost feel like I should... Like, I haven't played it, but I, put, should, I feel like I should say, boy, a lot of people seem to love Splatoon. They do, they do. I, in fact, actually had that as a thing to talk about, only I realized that, you know, yeah. time frames. I don't play it, but, you know, kudos, Nintendo is not having a horrible, not having a bad year that last year. They were doing, they had some good games. Yeah. Even if they weren't ones I personally wanted to play, they had some good games come out. And I will say that another game I have actually started, but I probably will never finish. That I really enjoyed, though, was Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. Came out this year. Monster Hunter's a lot of fun that I just do not have the time to really sink into. Because you're playing Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah. But, I mean, but Monster Hunter 4 is a game much like fourteen. that's, you know, it's designed to go, yo, this requires a time commitment. Yeah. I'm not saying, not even like, this is going to be like a 40 or 50 hour game. Not even like a 95-hour game. This is a lifestyle choice sort of game <laughs> that you're going to want to continuously play and get better at. And that is a game, and I've played a little bit of it. I've enjoyed it. I would not mind playing more of it, but the fact is, that game for me is Final Fantasy XIV. Now, a game that I will eventually go back and play for sure is Undertale. Which, I don't want to talk about too much about it, because the more you talk about it, the worse it... Not the worse it gets, but... Less some impact it has. Right. Because I've played the tutorial section, and there is just this sense of... I don't want to say weightiness, but impact, I think, is a, is a really good determined descriptor for it. That I know that when I was talking to Anna about it, and she was like, oh yeah, I was watching someone stream Undertale. And I felt bad. Because after playing it, I, I feel that's a... I understand that a lot of people are streaming it. But the act of playing that game feels like it should be a way more personal thing than watching like a streamer play it for you. It's a kind of game that you kind of want to either play yourself or be right beside a person who's playing it. Yeah. I 
okay, I'm just old, but yeah, I can't watch the watch someone else play a video game thing. Well, I... there's some things that I think that that works out for, and I also understand like a lot of people really like it for like the scarier video games mm-hmm. because they like watching people get scared. And you know, I and suppose that's... With something like that it comes down to who if like who you're watching stream it if they are entertaining about it, but. but... Undertale's a game that has a really interesting narrative experience that a good chunk of the tele-narrative is not just the humorous or drama-filled dialogue and the character actions, but also the... And the music is also really good in it, but also the gameplay and how you interact with the world as a video game is important. Like, the act of playing this video game is a good chunk of the storytelling. And that sort of game, I feel, is best experienced, like, by yourself. Yeah. Or side by side of somebody else. And, you know, is yeah. This, are, are you referring to... Are you referring to, uh... Um... The uncle who works for Nintendo? Similar. As, uh, has a little bit of a similar feel. That, that's a straight sort of idea, yeah. I like, love that. I love like, that thing. Yeah. Like, Undertale is way more of a traditional role-playing game. Okay. Than Uncle Nintendo, but it has that same sort of woofness mm. to it. I kind of feel like Life is Strange is a game like that. I, um, I think it could be. I um, That game, in the both the, the second to last chapter and the last chapter, maybe unsurprising for the last chapter, but even the second to last chapter... There was a choice where I legitimately had to pause the game, and I did not know what to pick. Like, I did not know which way to go on that. Like, I was emotionally conflicted at that point in the game. That's like, how into it and how invested in the characters I'd become. It is also really weird, because Undertale's probably the best thing to ever have come out of Homestuck and its fandom. <laughs> because the creator, this dude named Toby Fox... He was, um, he is a sound guy and he, uh, worked on, um, things for, uh, soundtrack stuff for Homestuck. Mm-hmm. And he eventually said, you know what, I'm going to do my own video, I'm going to do my own thing. And so you, a lot of the Homestuck fans have sort of also gravitated to Undertale. And, but Undertale is a really, and it's, it's like a, it's like a seven or eight hour game. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm gonna, once I get, once I start it up, I probably can play it in, like, a day. What system is it for? PC. Okay. It's, like, 10 or 20 bucks on Steam. Okay. Um, like, it's an RPG, and it's part RPG, part bullet hell shooter, sort of. Because you don't, but you don't actually shoot, you dodge. (laughs) Um, but the game also has this really neat thing where you can technically, apparently, you can, and this is, like... The spoilers I'll get in this thing. You can talk to every single thing you fight in the game. And theoretically you can talk them down. Hmm. Um, Or you can fight them as a traditional role playing game. But in between our action you decide. When the enemy's fighting you. It's represented um, at the bottom of the screen. There's sort of this bullet hell type thing. Where you're this little heart at the bottom of the screen. And you're just having to dodge the bullets. And that determines whether or not you get hit by the enemy attacks. And the enemy attacks can, like, form different patterns and things. 
as you're dodging it. But you can also get like equipment and level up and things to make sure that if you do get hit, it is, it's not as important. But it's it's really neat. I've only played it for a couple hours. I haven't finished it. But even the tutorial level, like by the time I was done with it, I was like, man, I kind of want to, I really wanted to go back and redo it. But I hear I should, it's a game that's sort of designed because it's so short. It's actually a game design that you should play it a couple of times and try different things out and you'll be rewarded for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, one last, since, you know, we brought up the Final Fantasy 15 demo. Um, I, what I actually maybe even got more play out of as a demo, uh, was, and I know I've plugged it already, but the Indivisible demo. Oh yeah. Which is on PS4. And, and it, and it won its Indiegogo. Yeah. It got like, funded. It got funded. So, Congratulations, y'all, once again. So, the, the unholy bastard spawn of Valkyrie Profile and Super Metroid with a Central Asian theme to its narrative and character designs will be made. And they didn't even need us to talk about it yeah, on the podcast because no. our episode came out way after it yeah. got funded. Yeah, so that already got funded, which is good for everyone. But um, <laughs> if you were interested, don't worry, it got funded. Um, <laughs> we'll see that eventually because games take time, yo. Especially good ones. So, Kevin, but what's your game of the year? Uh, I want to say I'm torn between Life is Strange and Xenoblade Chronicles X and Trails of Cold Steel. But honestly, now I... As much as I've talked it up, Life is Strange, I think I still have to go with Xenoblade Chronicles X, because it really was the game I was waiting for for several years, and it really did not disappoint me. <laughs> and we know... Tales of Vesperia. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure. You, you, get a, you only get a pass because I know the two major video games you've actually played this year <laughs> have been 14 in Minecraft. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Tales of Zestria, which yeah. is almost like I actually have it. I have it. It's sitting on the coffee table. I haven't actually played it yet because that was the agreement that me and Barry reached when we got the PlayStation Fours that he was going to finish Fallout Four first, and then I could play with it. But we were not going to fight over. Yeah, if you start playing it again, I'm going to have to... If you start playing again and liking it, I'm going to have to start the game back up again. I honestly... (laughs) It's not that I didn't like it. I just got sidetracked by other games. (laughs) And I I keep looking at it on my menu because it's it's on my PS4. And I'm like, I should play more of that. Well, I'm I'm planning on starting it up soon since Barry's done with Fallout 4. But... They just put out free God Eater costume. And and Ava costumes you can totally pay money for. But you probably won't. (laughs) Almost all the newer Tales games have had stupid costumes you can pay money for. But the one video game I've not talked about yet, and even on this podcast I don't think yet, is Yokai Watch. Uh, Are you sure? I think the plan was originally my brain to talk about Yokai Watch the episode we recorded after the one I talked about Trails. Uh. But we never did another episode. Yeah, it's a game that exists. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And 
it's very much up there for me for favorite games I've played last year. You know, I, and I, even this year because I'm still playing it. I have seen the Yokai Watch watches at Walmart. I've been tempted to get one just I'm, to compare it to the one you have because I bet the American one is shoddier plastic. No, I think it's the same. I think it's just an import, a new packaging. Hmm. Not because I'm about to go buy one. <laughs> well, so, then maybe you can tell me. But I've that, actually bizarrely been seeing Yokai Watch merchandise at my Walmart. Dude, they're about to make a Monopoly Junior and a Game of Life version. So it's doing decent. Of the Yokai Watch in the spring. And props to Hasbro in the Game of Watch, they have the female main character on the box. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. Maybe they learned their lesson. Um, I can't say for Monopoly because it's all yokai who are actually the characters of the Monopoly Junior game. Um, but no, uh, like the anime showing on like Disney XD. Um, I have seen kids talk about it. Uh, man, the last one of the anime cons we went to, I was I had this yokai watch pin. And I remember just this one kid wants by and I see his friend going, that guy's got a yokai watch on his tie. This con is the best. <laughs> And man, that that warmed my heart. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the rising popularity of Yokai Watch. Actually, like I haven't actually played this game yet myself, but I still want it to be popular for some reason. I, I think it should. It's Probably a... because when I went to Japan, it was so popular; it was everywhere. Well, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and I was explaining it to it to a, to a customer today at a place where one can stop out and buy games, and they paused and went, "Wait." So is this like Pokemon meets Animal Crossing? And I paused and went, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. It's its own thing, but... It's, it's its own thing, but a little bit. Because, you know, you, you do wander around this. You wander in a... Even though it's they've tried to Americanize it a little bit. It it's is still very obviously Japan. <laughs> it's very obviously like a Japanese town. Yeah. And it is really fun. It, it, it's sort of like, storyline-wise, it's sort of like like some you know medium-sized japanese city kid simulator yeah but you're also dealing with yokai Mm -hmm. and the gameplay is very much more like um pokemon for people who don't give a crap about evs or ivs it's the game where you can finally just pick the monsters i'm sorry they're yokai you know, that you think are cool and just play with them. And you'll be fine. I'm picturing a party full of cats in my future. You could you can do that, dude. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, can that do is that. a legitimate party that can dude, happen. Dude, dude, I've got a Boncho version of Jibanyan named Badingyan. I mean, I know there's like a bazillion of the who little cat yokai. more or less shows off his pompadour enemies and they fall over. Like... It is. This game oh, is great. Game sold. I'm going to go home and download it. I think <laughs> at some point, because I'm buying a plushie of it, you can have like Robo Jibanyan. Yeah, I've Robanyan. Seen that and, and there's, oh man, like, and apparently, like, you do get one Jibanyan and you don't get more until you beat the game and there's an extra dungeon where you can get, collect more of them. But you can evolve them in different ways. <laughs> so I guess you could probably get Robo Jibanyan while I have my Badingyan. Um, but. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's really cute. It's really charming, and more people should play it. It's it's a lot of fun, and it's I, I keep beating myself up that I play fourteen when I'm not playing it. Like unlike Fantasy Life, where I'm like, this is too much like the game I'm already playing, 
this is more of a like, like oh, I'm, I know I'm doing this on 14, but I probably should play Yokai Watch. I'm lazy, so I'm going to play more 14, but I should be playing Yokai Watch. <laughs> but, so, Xenoblade Chronicles, X for you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mine probably is Trails in the Sky, second chapter, because by gum, I it, that was an utter blast, and it was so nice playing all the old, all the old characters again and finishing the storyline. And I actually can't really wait to start hopping into Cold Steel, but I got to play some other games first before I go into another Cold Steel. Japanese RPG quite like that. And Doug had Minecraft, so no, I had Tales of Vesperia. Ah, Tales of Asperia. If you haven't played it, you really should. You really should. It's pretty good. Dust off your 360 and pop it in. You can Uh, probably get it for cheap. Man, 360. Yeah. That was a system. Yeah. I gave Microsoft a chance. Vesperia is one of the few reasons why I don't entirely regret it. I I felt 360 was a good system. It was was definitely, I, when I, it was, you know... When I owned one, I'm glad that I owned one. But I am hey, also part of the reason I wanted to get into Final Fantasy XIV is because I wanted an experience similar to playing Fable again, hmm. which was a 360 experience for me. So, well, like I said no. The 360, when it was get it, the 360 did a really good job in its first several years, giving me the kind of games I wanted to play. Mm-hmm. And then it stopped. Yep. Yeah. And now it's pretty much the games I want to play are either on Nintendo platforms and computer. And then Sony's doing a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah, for me it's mostly computers and Sony platforms. Well, Sony and, you know, there's a lot of overlap. Like when it's, I mean, strictly speaking, exclusive stuff, I'm more into the Sony end of things. But, all right, that is the first half of our awesome awards. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next time with anime and manga, as well as your own choices that you sent in to my Twitter account, and also I'll be able to bug y'all for more of those next time. But until then, we're out.